Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, Steve Wilson. We're back again, continuing through the book of Matthew. I think we made it through chapter 24, verse 42. So we are going to pick up in verse 43. Now, the um, apostles here, who he's talking to, have just been warned um, about what, you know, they've been told about the prophecies and what to look for and all that sort of thing. But through them, in the recording of his word, the, the warning that he's actually giving to them is intended for you and I. Um, he says in verse 42, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. I mean, for them... Um, you know, yes, it was a warning because they had no idea whether it was going to happen then or now. They didn't know that there was going to be a 2,000-year time lapse. Um, And so certainly it was an encouragement to them to live righteously and be prepared, make sure their relationship with the Lord was as it should be, that their hearts were right, they'd been truly saved. Um, But now, when we look at this thing 2,000 years later, um, how much more important is that for you and I? I mean, we're that much closer to Christ's return. Now, I know there's a lot of people that may say, well, you know, it's been 2,000 years. It could be another 2,000 years. And while that's true, that kind of contributes to the complacency, I think, that it refers to here in verse 43. And we can't allow that to happen. So in verse 43, he's, but know this that if the good man of the house, you know, the master, the leader, the husband, folks, the man. Now, pay close attention to this. It's not that everybody should not be aware. Obviously, gender makes no difference in your relationship with the Lord and whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. But, folks, you remember Acts 16.31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, now shalt be saved, and thy house. You know, the, the, the role of leadership in the home has so much more importance than people realize it does. And they, they play it down in these days of gender equality and all that sort of thing, women's rights and, and all that stuff. Folks, the man is the head of the house. The responsibility falls on him. He says, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, watch, of course, refers to the old time frame of, you know, they had a first watch, second watch, third watch, and four watches starting at six o'clock in the evening, broken up in three hour increments. So from six to nine is the first watch, nine to twelve is the second, twelve to three is the third, three to six is the fourth watch. Okay. He's, he's, and that's where the, the idea of the thief in the night, you know, he might come in the night. Now, 
I, I know I'm chasing a rabbit a little bit here. We'll get back to where we're supposed to be in a minute, but I, I know we always talk about him coming in the night, but whenever he comes, it's going to be night somewhere and it's going to be day somewhere. It's a big world. And, you know, the time difference, you know, it involves the rotation around the sun, the spinning of the earth and all that sort of thing. So whenever he comes, it's going to be day somewhere and night somewhere. So, you know, don't get hung up on this night thing. It's, it's kind of just a uh, figure of speech. But nonetheless, uh, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Now, pay attention to that. Suffered his house to be broken up. Folks, this is, this is addressing male leadership in the home. It's talking about the fathers who need to take control of their families. They're becoming complacent. You know, we're not performing the task that we've been assigned. We're not, we're not maintaining the spirituality in our home. And say what you will. It's the man's job. It's the man's job. Fellas, you are responsible for making sure your home is spiritually sound, that the Word of God is being taught, that your family is exposed to the, the message of salvation. He says, therefore, be also ready. <coughs> for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Okay. Who is a faithful and wise servant, once again, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Men. He's talking to men. Fellas, he's talking to you. God has given you that responsibility. When you go back to the Garden of Eden... What was Adam's sin? Was it the fact that he ate of the apple? Well, that was wrong. Obviously, he'd been commanded not to do it, and he did. But Eve ate first, and then she took it to Adam, knowing it was wrong, after she had tasted it, knowing good and evil, and enticed Adam to eat of the apple or the fruit of the tree, whatever it was, um, so that he would be like her so that he would fall also, so he would be drawn into sin. So Adam's sin was not so much the eating of the apple as it was not taking control of his household and seeing to it that Eve didn't partake in the first place, or that just refusing to partake of it when Eve brought it to him and not giving in to the temptation. She should have been rep reprimanded. He didn't do that. That household, the household of Adam and Eve, had fallen into complacency. The, the, the commands of God had, had become less important in their daily lives. They had gone on about their own business and <clears throat> started doing their own thing and, and just didn't obey what God had told them to do. And, and as a result, you had the family turned upside down. And, and the woman was enticing the man to fall into sin, and he was given into it. Uh, verse 46, Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. See, God is expecting to, to uh, 
look at our families and see that the men are in control, that we're the spiritual leaders of our home and that our family is being taught in the Word of God, brought up on the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And guys, I, I think there's a special um, punishment for that. Maybe it's, I think it's more in this life than the afterlife because quite honestly, I think a man is unfulfilled and unsatisfied and goes into depression very often because he's not, he's, he's not doing what he was designed to do. He's not fulfilling the role God has assigned him. And, you know, even as a lost person, maybe you don't even believe that that's proper, but I think many things happen to men simply because that's the way they're made. That's, that's the way God designed them. We're created in the image of God. And if we're doing things that are outside the image of God, saved or lost, you're still not going to be able to find true happiness. 47, Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. So, so I, I think the, the blessing or the punishment is going to occur more in this life than in the afterlife, because in the afterlife I, I don't know that there's a, a difference as, as far as uh, roles and all, you know, that sort of thing are concerned in heaven. Everything changes there. But here on this earth, there's a, there's a pecking order that God has established. And he has created us in a way in his image to be able to fulfill that role. And so if we're not doing it, then blessing and punishment is going to be a direct result of failing in that category. Because he says, then in verse, first he says he's going to bless them in verse 47 and 48, but, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. See, this is, this is what happens. Man decides, oh, it's already been 2,000 years. Who knows when he's coming back? Um, certainly he's not coming right now, probably won't come during my lifetime. And so he begins to concentrate more on the things of the world and on what he can accomplish under his own abilities and under his own power. And in verse 49, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunken. You know, we fall into sin uh, because we don't take seriously the fact that Jesus is coming again. Folks, Jesus is coming again. Do you get that? He's coming back. And he's ready to split the eastern sky, so to speak. You know, we need to recognize that that really could happen at any moment. I know we keep saying that. And maybe the fact that we keep saying that contributes to the idea that we are becoming more and more and more complacent about the actual fact that he's coming back. Because every time we say it, then it doesn't happen you know, it, it kind of, it's, it's a disappointment. Um, but the Bible says he's coming back. It just says we don't know when, and we just have to stay prepared. We have to be diligent. It's like the armed forces. <coughs> what do we need an army for in times of peace? Well, you don't. The problem is you never know when that peace is going to be disrupted, when you're no longer going to have peace, and you, if you're not prepared, then when when war comes, you're going to be overrun. You you got to be ready. You got to stay. You just got to stay focused on that. You got to stay diligent in in the defense of your your home, your community, your state, your nation, whatever. It has to be ready. 
and, and you have to be the best because you got to be prepared to repel the enemy and when you're not you fall into so many of the things that we see happening today people are talking about defunding the police how absurd is that that's just ludicrous why would anybody even even come up with a notion like that of defunding the police how could we function without the police it, it you know if we were in the days of innocence and everybody turned to god or during the millennial reign there may be no need for policemen you know we're, there's not going to be any lawbreakers but now there is there are there are lawbreakers and so we have to have someone to enforce the law um you know people just want to be able to get away with sin that's what abortion is all about people just want to be able to enjoy their um their promiscuous lifestyle and then not have any consequences you just go have an abortion that's what it's all about say what you want they talk about rape and, and incest and all those things folks that's less than two percent of the abortions that occurred to check the statistics that's that's less than two percent of the reasons people seek out abortions the majority, the vast majority, 98, over 98 percent of the abortions that, that occur are simply by choice. People just don't want to have the child. Uh, they want to enjoy their own lifestyle um, and, you know, and not have to pay for it. So that's where that's where we go. When we start thinking, ah, the Lord's not coming back yet. I've got time. I've got plenty of time. It's like putting off salvation. You got plenty of time. You, know, you got a whole life ahead of you. So why why rush? <coughs> Verse fifty says, "The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping, and gnashing of teeth." God says, "The more complacent we become." the more likely he is to show up. The less we are looking for him, the more likely he is to be here. The more likely it'll happen. Folks, we gotta recognize that Christ is coming back. The urgency of the situation um, is more than we can imagine. Uh, there are so many lost people out there. And, and what he says to us, he says in verse 51, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You realize how many people there are in this world that claim Christianity as opposed to the number of people who truly are born-again believers in Jesus Christ? You know, how, many, how often do you hear people talk about when somebody dies, well, they're going to a better place? That's because everybody just assumes that we all go to heaven. You know, we're all Christians, and so you, you ask people, are you a Christian? Yeah, people say they're Christian. But when you start asking him, well, you know, getting down to the nits and grits of it, well, when did you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? When did you realize you were a sinner? When did you actually ask him to come into your heart and save you? People start getting defensive about that. And they, well, that's just, that's personal. I don't think you should ask that question. And there are most of the times they don't really even understand what you're asking because they've never done it. They've never realized it. They've never understood what it really, you know, what it means to be born again. They don't, they don't even remember when they, used, they made fun of President Jimmy Carter when he talked about being born again. They made, it, was, it became a laughing stock when he used that term. 
But folks, let me just say, you know, God, God is telling us, look, you're claiming to be Christian and, and you're not. You're claiming to be one thing, but you're living a different lifestyle. Folks, the message of this, this passage here is, is not prophecy. It's, it's knowing that you are a child of the King. And if you get anything out of chapter 24 here, don't make such a big deal out of the prophecy. Make a big deal out of the fact that the Lord is coming back and you got to be ready. We're past our mark. Uh, we'll pick up in chapter 25 next time we come back. Goodbye and God bless.